Psalm 100. We're going to be looking at that a little bit later. Well, what I want to say this morning is happy post-Christmas and pre-New Year's Eve. Now, and New Year's Day. Now, um, Rhonda, when she was giving announcements, said this morning that, that this is a bit of a weird time. Do you agree? It's like the busyness, the, you know, the decorations and the food and the family gatherings and all the busy time of Christmas, that's over. And we've still got, we've got New Year's Eve and for most people you're not working and so there's this kind of, this weird kind of limbo time where, kind of like an action movie, you know, where there's lots of action and all of a sudden everything kind of goes into slow-mo. And that's, I don't know if you agree, but I think that's kind of what happens this week. Uh, I saw on Facebook uh, a meme that said... This working right now. Turn it on would help. It's got batteries. You might have to click on it. There we go. That space between Christmas and New Year's where you don't know what day it is, who you are, or what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> is that how you feel? <laughs> it is that weird time of year, isn't it? Um, for most people, the routine has kind of gone out the window at the moment. Um, there's something else that happens in this period, though. People start to reflect on what has happened. And often you'll see on social media or in the news, you'll see these lists start to appear. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like 2019 in review. And this year we even get decade in review, right? So you get things like oh, notable figures who died in 2019. <laughs> or you get, I don't know, this is from Spotify, your top songs 2019, Okay, so if you use Spotify every year at the end, they give you a playlist and say, these are the songs that you've listened to the most over the year. And here we go. This is from BuzzFeed. Politicians are bad at social media and I have 10 years of screenshots to prove it. <laughs> so people start reflecting on what has happened at this time of the year. In fact, it probably starts a bit earlier. At the beginning of the month, these things start to, um, start to come. Actually, just the other day, as I'm sitting at home and I'm preparing this, up a, a notification pops on my phone and says, here's your best memories from 2019. And my phone decided to pull together all of the photos that have made my 2019, half of which were like screenshots of like recipes that I've taken, accident, accidental screenshots of like my home screen, things like that. But, uh, but actually, a whole lot of photos as well, and I've put a few up here. Just a whole lot of photos of my year, of things that have been going on, places that I've been, concerts that I've been to, if you know me well, lots of concerts um, and holidays, people that I've hung out with, family, friends. And it was actually really nice just to look through, look through those photos and just be thankful for the year that I've had, the different things that I've, that I've, that I've seen, that I've witnessed and, and been able to take a photo, photo of. And I think that's, that's what happens at this time of year. We kind of reflect, oh, there was another one there, a decade in review, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, it's related to the, to the rugby. But, um, there we go. Um, this morning, what I want us to do is just to take a moment to stop and to reflect on what we have to be thankful for in God, in who he is, in what he's done for us. There's so much that we have to be thankful for. And I thought this, at the end of the year, at a time when people are reflecting on things, that this might be a good time to do that. I read this quote here this week. Gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. The more you express gratitude for what you have, the more likely you will have even more to express gratitude for. So the more we are thankful, the more we'll realise that we are thankful, what, what we have to be thankful for. You've got nothing to lose to be thankful, but so much to gain. And so this morning, we're going to look at 
how we can be thankful for who God is, his character, who he is, the attributes that make up the person of God, for what he has done, his work in saving us, for what he gives us, for what he provides us, how he looks after us, and learn how to rejoice always and in all circumstances. Then I want to look at some ways that we can express our thankfulness back to God. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning to say thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. Help us as we look at your word and we learn some truths about you, Lord God, or are reminded of truths about you. Help us to have a greater vision of who you are and what you've done for us, that we may be transformed into your people and we may live out our thankfulness. Yeah, pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to your word this morning and pray that you would help me to speak clearly and to deliver your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so the first one, thankfulness for who God is, his character. Now, you know, if God was mean, mean-spirited, vindictive, a malicious creator, there'd be no reason to be thankful to him. If he was uncaring or far away, detached, if he was indifferent, there'd be no reason to be grateful. If God was inconsistent or unreliable, if he, was, if he couldn't be trusted, if he was cruel, if he was evil, if he was vicious, if he was hateful, there'd be no reason to be thankful. If God was weak, if he couldn't do anything about the problems in your life, if he was powerless to help, then there would also be no reason for gratitude. But the amazing thing is that none of that is true. Not one of those things is true about God. In fact, the Bible teaches us that it's the exact opposite. I'm going to look, I want to look at some psalms together this morning. And uh, to save you from flicking around in your Bible, because we're going to be moving quite quickly through a lot, they're going to come up on the screen. Um, if you want to write them down, you can. But uh, as, I was, as I was thinking about thankfulness, it took me back to a time in my life just a few years ago where kind of everything got turned upside down and I went through this period where I was kind of struggling, a little bit of depression and anxiety. I was kind of out of control. It was this situation in my life that, that was overbearing and was, it was hard to see God and was hard to be thankful to, to God in that time because I was so focused on what was going on in, in my situation. And I remember at the time um, Peter Sure, saying to me, why don't you have a go at reading the Psalms? And I started to read the Psalms and it was really the key of being able to kind of drag myself out of that place, looking to God. You know, so many Psalms that are so encouraging and especially in that time talking about God being my strong tower and my fortress, my rescue, my help in times of need. It was really helpful for me just to, um, yeah, just, just to cultivate thankfulness and get my eyes off the situation and back on God. And so this morning, I just want to look through a few psalms, just a few verses of psalms, and just have a look at what we learn about the, thank, about, about the character of God that we can be thankful for. And it's not just in the psalms. It's all throughout Scripture we learn about the character of God. But this morning, we're just going to look at a few psalms. So the first one is Psalm 145, verse 3. What is the Lord? Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. What is God? He's great. Great, greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. He's not powerless. He is so great, he is worthy of our praise. No one can even understand exactly how great God is. 
And why does that cause me to be thankful? Well, God is the almighty creator of the universe. He measures the water on earth in the hollow of his hand, it says in Scripture, and the universe in his hand span. He's just so powerful beyond what we can even imagine or compare to anything or anybody else. And maybe you have a tendency to think, as I have when I'm going through things, that maybe I'm just so significant. When I think about the greatness of God, that, that uh, what am I? I'm nothing. And even my problems, they're just so tiny and so, so small in comparison to creating the universe. I'm not, nothing. Why would God care about me? But this same great God, this great God who's greatly to be praised and whose greatness is unsearchable, Scripture says, knows the number of hairs on your head. I mean, that's pretty incredible, isn't it? He cares about us. This great God cares about us. And I'm thankful that I serve a great God who is all-powerful and yet cares to know how many hairs are on my head. In that scripture in Matthew 10, it says that um, a, a, sparrow is, a couple of sparrows are worth a penny, yet not one falls to the ground apart from God. And then it says, Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So we can be so thankful that we serve a great God who has the power to do everything. He is above all else. God is great. Thank you, God. The second one here, Psalm 30, verse 4. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. His holy name. Give thanks to the holy God. God is holy. He is set apart. He is pure. He is perfect. There is no one in the universe like him. He is faultless. He is light and he's separate from all darkness. In fact, where he dwells, darkness and sin cannot abide. There is no trace of evil in his character. We serve a holy God and for that we can be thankful. Psalm 106 verse 1, praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast, what? Love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Every good thing that we have comes from our good God. We serve a good God. Without him, there would be no good. He is good. He is the measure of what is good. And without him, this would be a life devoid of good things, good times, good experiences, good tastes, everything good. It comes from him because we have a creator who is good. And that's something that I can be thankful for. We serve a good God. And give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. No one will ever love you the way that God does. His deep and abiding love. And that should lead us to praise him. His loving kindness, his unfailing love. He's not malicious, he's not evil, he loves. And we can only love because he loved us first. So we can thank God for his love. We can thank God because he's great, because he's holy, for his unfailing love, and because he's good. Another attribute we can thank God for, Psalm seven seventeen. I will give thanks to the Lord, the thanks due to his righteousness and i will sing praise to the name of the lord the most high he is right he is just he is fair god always does what is right and therefore we can trust him we can put our trust in him and we can be thankful that everything god does is right 
Another one here, Psalm 86.15. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that, I think, well, I can be a little bit merciful and sometimes gracious and slow-ish to anger, sometimes fast-ish to anger. And I'm not a parent, but I've been a primary school teacher, so I've been around young kids before, but I'm thinking as, as God as a father and, and to us as his children and parents, I'm sure you would agree with me, sometimes it's hard to be all of those things. Would you agree? It's hard to be merciful and gracious and slow to anger. But and we, 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 we fail, we can't do it. We're inconsistent as people. Sometimes we might be able to show some of this, but God is always merciful, always gracious. He's always slow to anger and abounds in steadfast love and faithfulness. And that's really comforting, isn't it? It's comforting to serve a God whose faithfulness is trustworthy. He is what he says he is. He'll do what he says he will do. You know, there are so many other things that we could say about the character of God. He's infinite and eternal. He's incomprehensible. We've talked about not being able to even comprehend him. He knows all things. He's unchanging. He's dependable. In the perfection of his character, nature, purposes and promises, he's unchanging. He's everywhere. He's with me. He's with you in fullness. It's not like I get a little bit of God and you get a little bit of God in different parts of him. In fullness, he is with us and he's powerful and sovereign and can do all things consistent with his holy nature and will and has the power to rule over all things. So as you read the scriptures and as we think about being thankful and this time of of reflecting back, meditate on who God is, his character, as we see in the scriptures, through the Psalms and all throughout the scriptures. Because the more that we grasp the character of God, as much as our human minds are able to, the more that we can be thankful for who he is, because he is truly, in every sense of the word, awesome and amazing, and will never cease to amaze because of his character. So we can be thankful for who God is, his character. We also need to be thankful for what he has done, And in that, I'm talking particularly about his saving grace. I'm going to read this from Ephesians chapter 2. If you want to flick there in your Bibles, you can. Ephesians chapter 2. Sorry, I don't have the page number on me. If someone wants to call it out, if they're going to flick there. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. Nine seven six is it? Thanks. All right, let's read this. You can follow along as I read. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand 
that we should walk in them. So much to be thankful for in salvation. But God, who is rich in mercy, okay, God is merciful. We talked about that. He shows us mercy. Because of the great love with which he loved us, we said he's a God who loves. And his love is so great for us, not just any kind of love, a great love. And he shows us this. This is how he shows his love. Even when we were dead in our trespasses. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Not, not one of us is good enough to save ourselves. We are all sinful. And because of my sin, I am destined to be separate, separated from God. That's what I deserve. That's what you deserve. But even when we're in that state of being dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. He made us alive together with Christ. What a reason to be thankful that is. When you put your faith in Christ, you go from darkness to light, from death to life. And we have the promise of everlasting life with Jesus. By grace you have been saved. This is a gift of God. Are you thankful for the gift of grace, of the grace of God? A gracious act of God. It is a gift, a gift of love, undeserved, unmerited, but a gift a gift for which we need to be thankful. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. What a God who wants to show his immeasurable riches of grace in kindness towards us. And that is a gift that we need to be truly thankful for. I don't know if you received a gift at Christmas that perhaps you didn't really like and you had to kind of fake being thankful for. You know what I'm talking about? When you get something like, oh, thanks, that's great. You know, that's not, that's not what this is. It's not just, not just saying just be thankful because you kind of have to be thankful and you're not sure, but just a deep knowledge and understanding that it's the immeasurable riches of the grace and kindness shown to us in Jesus Christ should cause us to have this thankfulness that is just overflowing and genuine and real and deep. Now, Ralph did this uh, art installation on the roof here. I don't know if you've noticed already, but he wrapped some of the panels in wrapping paper in the shape of a cross to show that it is the greatest gift that we ever received. Thanks for, thanks for doing that, Ralph. It's been a good reminder over the last couple of weeks to be thankful for the gift of God sending his son to die on a cross for us. There is no greater gift saved from eternal punishment. For it is by grace you have been saved, and that's not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not as a result of work, so that no one may boast. For that I am truly thankful. And it's not my good works, because my good works wouldn't get me there. They wouldn't even come close to getting me there. So I'm thankful that it's not from anything that I am able to do, because I couldn't. But it is because of what Jesus has done and what God has done for us. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared for beforehand. So are you truly thankful for the gift of salvation? And the question I would ask is, how does that thankfulness show in your life? How is it reflected in the way that you're worshipping him, the way that you're living your life? Or does your life, as a question I've been asking myself, does my life show less than gratitude for salvation? Because other things become more important or I'm acting like I'm more thankful for other things 
in my life. Maybe that's money, financial security. Maybe that's possessions. Maybe that's my job. Maybe that's my social status or standing. These things, the way that I live my life reflects whether actually the salvation that I've received from God is the most important thing and I, and I recognise that or whether it's, whether it's actually, yeah, understanding and showing that we have been saved through Jesus Christ. So we are created to do good works though. That, that good works is how we show our salvation. The outpouring of thanks will result in the fruit of good works. There are numerous other things involved in salvation that we can be thankful for. Praise God for new birth, for regeneration, as Rob's been teaching us over the last couple of weeks. Thanks be to God for justification and redemption, for the forgiveness of sin made just as if we'd never sinned. Thanks God for adoption into his family. And that was, as a young person, that was a huge thing for me, understanding that my heavenly father wanted to adopt me as a child of God. That was one of the things that helped me to... To, to really put my faith and trust in him, that I, I got this identity as a child of God. So many other things. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Thank you, God, for that. So we can be thankful for who God is. We can be thankful for what he's done. And we can be thankful for what he gives, his provision. In James 1.17 it says, Every good gift... And every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. How often do you stop to think about the little things in your life and actually attribute those to God and be thankful? Because we, without God, we have nothing. We are nothing. Every single little thing, every seemingly insignificant thing, all the way through to the really big things, all comes from God. Have you noticed that? I don't really stop and think about that very often. You know... I probably have this mindset, you know, when I'm sitting down to a meal that, well, I've gone to work and I've earned money and I went to the shops and I bought it and then I came home and I cooked that meal and I prepared it. And you see a lot of I, 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 I. <laughs> but actually it all comes from God. It's only because of God that, I can, that I'm alive. It's only because of God that I can work. It's only because of God that I've earned that money, that I'm able to cook. It's only because of God who's provided the food that we've been able to get. And we all need to be thankful. Not just... So sometimes... Quite often I might say grace, and maybe you say grace and thank God just before you eat. But have I stopped to think about all the steps that led to that and being thankful for every little part of my life? I just got a short little video to show of a guy who says, I'm struggling, I don't know what to be thankful for, and then kind of goes through just one day and just a whole heap of things that, that he can be thankful for. Maybe some of this is true for you. Some of it might not be true for you because we all have we're different stages in life and, and things might be a little bit different for you, your abilities or who you are, but I'm sure you'll find something that you can be thankful for from this. I'm struggling. Show me what I have to be thankful for.
Lord, I'm struggling. Show me what I have to be thankful for. A few giggles there, but but isn't that what we do every day? I know it's what I do. Just take for granted all the things that I have in God, all the things that I'm able to do because of God. Our ability to eat and to taste comes from God. We walk because of God. We enjoy relationship because of God. We breathe because of God. We can see colours and amazing things all because of God. In 1 Corinthians 10.31 it says, Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so let me challenge you this week. Breathe to the glory of God. Walk to the glory of God. Speak, sing to the glory of God. Write to the glory of God. When you go to back to work, whenever that is, work to the glory of God. Clean your house to the glory of God. Everything we have is a good and perfect gift from our God, the Father. And so it's a good thing to stop and to be thankful for what he has provided for us. And for each person, that's going to be different. But there's so much that we can be thankful for. So we can be thankful for who God is. Thankful for what he's done, thankful for what he provides, and we can be thankful in all circumstances, whether life is going really great, going really well, or whether life is difficult, whether it's hard. In uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let me read this quote to you from Billy Graham and see if you can figure out who, who he's talking about. The next footsteps in the corridor he knew might be those of the guards taking him away to his execution. His only bed was the hard, cold stone floor of the dank, cramped prison cell. Not an hour passed when he was free from the constant irritation of the chains and the pain of the iron manacles cutting into his wrists and legs. Separated from friends, unjustly accused, Brutally treated. If ever a person had the right to complain, it was this man, languishing, almost forgotten, in a harsh Roman prison. But instead of complaints, his lips and his pen rang with words of praise and thanksgiving. This man was the Apostle Paul, a man who had learned the meaning of true thanksgiving, even in the midst of great adversity. Earlier when he'd been imprisoned in Rome, Paul wrote, Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Paul is a great example of being thankful to God for everything, even when things are really difficult. Jesus says that we will have trouble in this world. We will go through trials. We will have persecution. We will have trouble. And he understands our trouble. But the trouble that we endure in this life has a purpose. In it, we can display the reality of Jesus to the world in a really unique way, in the way that we respond when troubles come our way. You know, the kingdom of God is so clearly shown on earth when Christians gratefully suffer present trouble because they see the future weight of glory coming that makes everything this world throws at them as light momentary afflictions in comparison. So how can we give thanks in all circumstances when life is really tough? I'm not sure if any of us have been in a situation that Paul has been, but, but each, each person has had to face their own trials and their own troubles. It's to look to the joy that we have in Jesus. That's what gets us through. Recently, I've been having this conversation with mum about how 
I'm not, I don't fear death, which is, kind of sounds like a funny thing to say. I don't want to experience the pain of death. I'm not, I'm not overly thrilled about that. But I know that no matter what I'm going through, that I've got my destination is so much better and something to look forward to, that I can, that I can endure anything that, that comes my way in this lifetime. The way that we respond to troubles and, and hardships in this life can be a huge witness to other people. I pray that my joy in knowing that I have a better destination is evident to the people around me, people that I work with, my friends, my family. If the future joy that Jesus promises is real, and I believe so, and if you believe in him, then there's no circumstance that should steal your thanksgiving to him. And Paul knew this, and that's why he was able to be a man of thankfulness and deep gratitude to God. The challenge is for us to do the same. So how do we cultivate thanksgiving then? Renee read earlier from Psalm 100. Let's look at that again. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. I love this psalm because for me it's packed with ways that we can show our thankfulness, how we can express our gratitude to God for who he is, for what he's done, for what he's provided and in all circumstances. It starts off with make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth and then the third line there, come into his presence with singing. Singing is one way that we express our thankfulness to God, singing from the heart, singing like you mean it. It doesn't say you have to sound good. It doesn't say that you have to be a tenor or a soprano or be a classically trained singer, does it? It just says make a joyful noise. And I think that joyfulness comes from thanksgiving. And if your heart is thanksgiving, then it will be a joyful noise to the Lord. Let me encourage you as we worship God here at Wyoming Church of Christ each week, don't be self-conscious about your singing because we're not doing it for the person standing next to us or the people around us. It doesn't matter what they hear. It's about making a joyful noise in thankfulness to God. And, you know, I love being part of this worship team, um, singing up here most weeks, because that's our, our aim. It's not to be, we don't want to be a, um, like put on a performance and, and we don't have, you know, stage lights and smoke, although we did have smoke at, at the carols night. <laughs> but it's not about us. It's not about the glorification of this team here. We want to lead the gathering of God's people here at Wyoming Church of Christ to truly worship him. And that, that's why we think about the songs that we sing and we choose, choose songs very carefully because of of that and that's why it's not a performance that we're putting on we're not we're not trying to be a slick kind of um yeah we want to be good we want to be we want to be good but we don't we, it's not a performance where we have to be perfect and, and put on a real slick performance the aim is just to lead god's people in being thankful and showing that through worship through praising through lifting the name of the lord higher and that's not just us that's everyone we want to we want to lead the church in that so when we sing we're expressing things that are truths about god We're making a joyful noise to the Lord. So let me encourage you to sing joyfully. And not just on a Sunday morning, sing throughout the week. Whether you put on music or you've just got a tune in your head, sing to God, as this psalm says. Make a joyful noise to the Lord in thankfulness. 
The second line there, serve the Lord with gladness. This morning, I want to say the second way that we can show our thankfulness or express our gratitude back to God is by serving, serving with our time, serving with our money, serving with who it is that God has made you, the person that you are, the gifts and the skills and the abilities to use that for the glory of God, to grow his kingdom. Are you involved in ministry here? We're a small church, but there's so many people that are involved in ministry. And there are heaps of opportunities to serve here, just even here at this gathering of God's people here at Wyoming. There's you know, maintenance people who make sure that this building and the grounds are a safe and suitable place to conduct ministry. There's a hospitality team that help with the welcoming of people and feeding of people, um, and especially the aim, and, and, and just recently they've changed the way they do hospitality on Sunday. And the aim of that is not just to be really good, but the aim of that is to help people as they're coming to church, perhaps for the first time, to feel welcome. That's an important part of it. We've got teams and rosters and kids' ministry and everyday English. We've got lots of opportunities here at Wyoming Church of Christ to serve God. But it doesn't even have to be at Wyoming Church of Christ. What are you doing to share your faith with other people or, or maybe volunteering to show the love of Christ in many different ways? Giving is one way that we serve God as well with our money. So when we give, give thankfully to church and to other missions and to other, other things to help people. That's how we show that our thankfulness to God. We show that what we've got, our times, our money, our gifts, our skills, abilities, comes from Him and therefore we give it back to Him. And you might say, oh yeah, but I'm too busy. Well, really? <laughs> really? Are we, are we too busy to serve God? But you know, it, it says to serve the Lord with gladness. So I'm not saying that to pressure people to serve God out of guilt or, or out of resentment or conformity even. But if you are thankful for who God is, what he's done, what he's provided, then I think that will come out in the way that you want to serve him with gladness. So we can make a joyful noise. We can sing. We can tell God how good he is through praise and worship. We can serve the Lord with gladness. And then it says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. To be truly thankful for who God is, we have to know the Lord God. We have to meditate on his word and the way that he has revealed himself to us through the scriptures. To know somebody, you've got to have a relationship with them, right? You can know of people, but there's a difference between knowing of somebody and really knowing someone. I know of the Prime Minister of Australia. I know that he went on holiday recently. Oops. (laughs) But I don't know him. I don't have a personal relationship with him. To know somebody, I have to spend time with them. I have to communicate with them. I have to talk with them. And, you know, praying is communicating with God. It's cultivating a relationship with God. And we can be thankful in praying to God. And it doesn't mean that you have to know fancy words. You don't even have to close your eyes and put your hands together and bow your heads. If that helps you to focus and to concentrate, then that's fine. But praying is just talking to God cultivating that relationship with God. You know, some of the best times that I have in prayer are when I'm driving. Uh, if you know me, you know that I don't really like public transport. I prefer to drive. But, but I do a lot of driving. I drive quite a bit for work as well. And because I, don't, I choose not to take tra- public transport anymore, I do a lot of driving. And when I'm driving, my eyes are open. I've got to be alert and focused on, on what I'm doing. But often I spend time talking to God, bringing my problems to him. As I'm driving through his creation, thanking him for who he is, 
Sometimes I'll put on music and I'm singing and I'm worshipping God when I'm in the car. Whatever works for you. When, sometimes if I try to pray at night before I go to bed, you know what happens. I'm sure I'm not the only one. End up falling asleep, right? So, so find what works with you and talk to God and express your thankfulness to God. Like for me, it's, it's driving. For you, it might be walking through nature, going for a walk on the beach. It might be sitting on the end of your bed in the evening or in the morning. But talk to God, have a relationship with him and study his words, meditate on his words and the things that he, who he is, what he's done, what he's provided and in all circumstances. And the psalm finishes with, For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. I just want to pick up on that, all generations. How will all generations know of his goodness? In Romans 10, it says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. We express our thankfulness for who God is, for what he's done, by sharing that with other people. You can show your gratitude by telling others. When you've got something that you know is good, you want to share it with people, right? You know, when you go and see a movie and you really like it, the first thing you want to do is tell someone, I just saw this movie, you should go and check it out, really good. I know I do. Or maybe it's a TV series on Netflix or whatever it is. Or maybe you've just found this really beautiful spot, you went to this this place that's really amazing in the bush or, or by the water or something that's maybe a little bit hidden, the first thing you want to do or the first thing I want to do is share it with others. We have the incredible good news of the gospel. We know if you are a follower of Christ, we know who God is and what he's done. And so I think the expression of thankfulness that comes from that is the wanting to share your story with others. You know, only you can share your story and who God is to you. We said earlier when we're looking at the provision, that's different for each person. I can't tell your story and what God has provided to you, and you can't tell my story. And if you don't tell your story, then it won't be told. So share who God is to you with the people that are around you. Share what God has done for you in saving you, what God provides for you, what he gives you, and show that you can be thankful in all circumstances. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, "Mm, I think I believe that. Maybe that's true, but you don't really have that thankfulness. And please don't leave without talking with myself or one of the elders, the pastors, or even just the person that brought you because we want you to have that, that thankfulness based on the truth of who God is and what he's done as well. So have a chat with someone because we want your life to reflect that thankfulness as well. So as we come, as I close now and we come to, to the end of the year, this is now, I don't know who makes New Year's resolutions. Do people do that? New Year's resolutions. In fact, actually, I think, I think it was, I was preaching, maybe it was two years ago, and I said that I made a New Year's resolution and I asked you to hold me accountable. Does anyone remember what it was? It was that I would learn to play a song on my bass guitar that my mum had bought me for my third, my pe- sorry, my family had bought me five years ago for my 30th birthday. That's been sitting. Now, I think that uh, it was either last year or the year before. That bass guitar still hasn't come out of its bag. It, it honestly hasn't. And not for lack of trying from Gary. Gary has tried. <laughs> Gary has tried. He's asked me to bring it in even, and I still haven't done it. So I've not been very good with New Year's resolutions. And people, you know, they say they go to the gym or they're going to be healthy or whatever. But I want this to be a New Year's resolution that's different, one that sticks. And that is to just be thankful. As I think about what God has done and I go, and I go forward into this year, 
I want this to last longer than any other New Year's resolution. In Colossians 2, 6-7, it says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. In the NIV, it says, overflowing with thanksgiving. And for me this year, I'm not going to make a New Year's resolution. I'm going to do something or... or, or yeah, all of those things that only ever last a few weeks. I want to cultivate an attitude of gratitude, of thankfulness, and remember to do that constantly and hold me accountable to that. And I'll try and hold you accountable to that as well. Um, just to be thankful, to stop. And I think this is a good time of year to do that, but it's all throughout our lives. Are you with me? Let's just pray. God, we thank you for who you are, all these attributes that we've looked at this morning. We thank you that you are a great God who is holy, who is merciful, and who is just, and who is right. We thank you for who you are, the person that you are, and that we serve a God who is just this, all of these things and so much more. God, we thank you for what you've done in saving us from the punishment that we deserve through your son, Jesus. We thank you that we get to have eternal life when we put our faith and trust in you. God, I thank you that you provide for us each and every day, the air that we breathe, the food that we eat, um, our ability, everything that, that we have comes from you, and I thank you for that. And God, I thank you that you are, you are God and you have given us a hope and a future and that it doesn't matter what troubles or trials that the world throws at us. We can be thankful because of who you are and what you promise for us and help us to use that to get us through the times that are difficult in this life. God, I pray that you would help me um, move forward with this New Year's resolution to be more thankful, to be more aware, to be more alert of the things that you have provided for me, given to me, done for me, and who you are this year. And I pray that for my family here at Wyoming Church of Christ as well. Help us to be a people who are thankful, who are transformed by your word and becoming your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you.